0: The opinions expressed in this program reflect only those of the participants and are not necessarily those of the sponsors, management, or staff of WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting Corporation.
1: So good morning Orange County, Northern New Jersey, Sullivan County, Pike County in Pennsylvania, and we are streamed everywhere. I am here today on the Doctors Inn, Middletown Medical, with Ilya Spohler, and believe it or not, did I pronounce that right?
0: Actually, you did. You did pretty well. Ilya, yeah. Ilya.
1: I never get anybody's name right. (laughs) I'm sure everybody's laughing because that's my moniker. (laughs) Never. I always say that's why I call Frank Honey because I can't remember his name. So, Ilya, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ilya is a physical therapist with Middletown Medical, and we're going to be discussing a number of issues. And one of the things we were kind of touching on when we first sat down was how dizziness is misdiagnosed, especially in older people.
0: Yes, very much so, very much so. Um, There can be a lot of contributions to dizziness. Um, There can be actually some uh, conditions that need to be addressed, and then a lot of it could be just balance deficits too. So um, blood pressure... Um, sugar levels. There can be a lot of uh, contributing factors to dizziness, and it kind of needs to be addressed more in the elderly population because they're so frequent for falls.
1: Yes, and the other thing is there is a maneuver. I forgot the name of it.
0: Um, the Dix Hall Pike maneuver.
1: Yeah. No, there's another one. There's one where your crystals get upset in the ear. Yep,
0: that's actually it. And oh, it's they uh, another
1: name for it's, it. It's
0: there's also, there's a couple different names oh. for it. There, there's quite a few out there, but okay. um, that's commonly treated for BPPV patients. What is that? Um, and that is, one second.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you about this older lady uh, who I knew, and they were giving her medication for dizziness, and it wasn't that. It was that the crystals in her ear were out of place from a little kind of fall that she had taken. And surprisingly, the people didn't... Actually, uh, you know the the doctors didn't recognize it, but the physical therapist was the one that said, "Have they tried this maneuver?" I forgot the yep. the name mm-hmm. they used, but the and they did it, and she was fine after. That, but she would come in periodically to have do her neck exercises, and it changed everything for her and got her off the medication.
0: Yes, it's it's very common. Um, the full term for it is benign proximal position vertigo, and it's actually. Um, when people get it, they just it just comes on, and they don't know what happened, and commonly they're mistreated for dizziness, and it is one of the diagnoses we like to see because it does kind of sometimes just take one positional move for them to feel 100% better, and uh, the elderly population are much more common for that. Um, and so, and, and, you know, after you give them a, man- a maneuver uh, a couple months down the road, it might happen again. Um, a year later, it could happen again. And they just kind of come in and you kind of keep track of them and get them back in place and get going again.
1: Yeah. So the, the point is that what they do is they get prescriptions from the doctor for the physical therapy. So what you have to do as a patient is be proactive be your own advocate. Make sure you go back to the doctor and say, listen, it's been a few months since I've been back, and though I still feel okay, I think I should be checked. Yep. Uh, there's never a harm every six months, even when you're feeling good, to get a checkup, especially after you get to a certain age. Yep, it's You know, very You want to make sure you don't, you know, remember, medication doesn't always help. I just am starting a campaign on the morning show now that uh, we're going to start campaigning against these prescription ads on television. You know, when they start off with death, I'm thinking, no, not so much. I'm not taking that one. So, (laughs) yes. I mean, really, it's. I think it's just overkill out there, and it's really important that people do become their own advocate.
0: It's. It's very true. It's very true. Um, we always say to people, you know, if you need physical therapy, tell your doctor you think you need physical therapy. They're gonna tell you whether they think you do or you don't. But at least you're putting it out there, and at least you're being your own advocate for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that's one of the most misdiagnosed areas for people over a certain age, you know, they immediately they did it with Frank's mother, they immediately give her a pill for, you know, dizziness, it just, and we found out she needed a heart replacement valve. So Oh,
0: my goodness. Yeah,
1: that was a real big (laughs) misdiagnosis. So you know, you've really got to stay on top of these things. What are some of the other um, disorders that you treat for?
0: Um, I do, um, specifically, I do a lot of um, uh, Parkinson's patients. We do, since we're outpatient, we do a lot of orthopedic um, conditions too, you know, knee replacements, hip replacements, um, fractures, um, sprains and strains, all your simple outpatient. But we do, you know, work specifically some with Parkinson's patients, um, MS patients. Um, We do pediatrics too. I specifically do a lot of pediatrics, kids with, multiple different things, um, uh, whether it's a strength issue, hip dysplasia. There's a quite a few patients I have right now with, you know, different things. And we take anywhere from the little ones to the elderly. So it's cool. yeah, and
1: the and the interesting thing is that when you have knee replacement, I don't know anyone who hasn't had issues with that afterward. So rehab is really important there.
0: Oh, yes. And, for and, sure. and you
1: know what, you need to be in it for a while. It's not something you go three times and you go, okay, I'm done. No, yes, no, no.
0: It's very true. Um, that is a big portion of our um, population we see. And it is very true because a lot of people think, well, I'm walking and that's the most important thing to them. But those minimal differences in their range, basically being able to bend your knee to its full length and extend it to its full length is really important. Because you don't get those full amounts, it ends up misaligning your body and you have problems further down the road. Yeah, you can walk
1: with a limp. Yep. If you don't do it properly. So, yeah. you know, the little bit of pain you're going to suffer in rehab is going to pay off at the end. You know, that old uh, no pain, no gain is true. It's very uh, true. My son had knee replacement, uh, not knee replacement, had ACL replacement. And, and he was 20-something when he had it done. And I have to tell you, I spent a week with him and, you know, helping him that first week. And I was amazed at how what a tough rehab that is. And then he ended up going to rehab uh, three days a week and then two days a week. But it was almost a year before he was, you know, back to full. He's fine. I mean, you know, yeah. it's been fine. But And he was 24, 25 at the time. So I can't imagine someone having to do that later on in life.
0: Yeah. it You know, and a lot of people expect, they hope, after a big injury like that or even surgery that, you know, three months down the road, they're going to be back to their normal. Now, don't get me wrong, they might be back to doing their main things, their big tasks, walking, doing things at home, but the things that really are large in your life, um, exercising, uh, if you play sports, if you do, you know, community activities, those really, you know, you don't fully recover for those activities for a good six months to a year, and it takes time, and that's, that's the part that stinks but in the end you're really happy you did it and you stuck with it
1: yeah and the pain is all gone from whatever injury you sustained
0: exactly or whatever
1: replacement you had to get <laughs> very true you know, I know a friend uh, that I know had hip replacement and uh, she said she swore by the doctor that did it for her but I always noticed that she walked with a little bit of a limp and she told me after because I finally said something to her I said you know we've been friends a long time so I can say this to you what's the limp is since you got the hip replacement she said you know what One leg was always shorter than the other, but it wasn't as noticeable until I had the hip replacement. Oh, yes. that's. that's So, you know, I thought, is there anything that she could do rehab-wise that would help that?
0: There is some things, um, sometimes depending on how big the difference is and the leg length discrepancy, discrepancy, sometimes they'll put a slight shoe lift in there. um, That can make a big difference. If it's significant enough, it may help. Um, some patients that have actually lived with it for a really long time, we actually don't do as much with it because their body's kind of already aligned to it unless they're having a lot of
1: compensate for it.
0: Yeah. And unless they're having a lot of pain and all of a sudden, or in this case, a hip replacement, it's kind of more new and it's accentuated a little bit. We may do some different things to try to improve it for
1: sure yeah that's interesting because i know there's been there's so much of this now and it appears that it's such a kind of an everyday thing doctors say oh i can do it in my sleep it's becoming the norm to have for people to have hip replacement knee replacement which i guess is good in a way because like parts on your car things are going to wear out
0: it's so very you want to know
1: that you can get something new and still feel good with it <laughs> it's very Just think true. of it as new tires on the car <laughs>
0: yeah we'll have patients come in that you know kind of explain i had this knee done i had this knee done i had this, done, I had this hip done It's very common now that people have more than one joint replacement. And it's interesting when they come in, actually, because, you know, maybe on the second joint replacement, they're like, this one was so much worse pain than the last one. And we're kind of like, you know, that's a process. Sometimes you forget how painful that first one. The big thing to remember with joint replacements is it's a lot of pain in the beginning. And kind of it's, you know, the bad side of it is doctor always says, you know, you're going to feel better. And it's true. You're going to feel a lot better before. From before the surgery, but it takes a few months to get that pain down. So for the first few months after surgery, it is very painful, and you kind of have to push through that, and that's the hard thing about it. But six months down the road, you'll forget you ever had that much pain, and, and then so you. Much and better. also,
1: not only will you be better, but you'll forget the pain that you had prior to the surgery. Exactly. That's what a lot of people do, is that they they don't remember the pain they had prior to the... It's sort of like the reason people have more than one child, because they forgot what it was like to give birth.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> so true. It's so true. If, if you
1: remember that, you'll never have other children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so true. It's like,
1: on my son's birthday, I call him every year and say, 13 and a half hours. <laughs> I don't even like to do something I like for that long a time. <laughs> so yeah, so that's why we, we don't have zero population growth. But tell me, what... Uh, what are the, um, the usual stuff that kids come in with? Because I wouldn't think kids would be going through any of this.
0: Um, some, some, so right now, um, recently, we had a patient that had hip dysplasia. So basically, at birth, the child, its hip was out of the socket.
1: And they don't repair that at the birth?
0: Sometimes it's not caught. For example, I've had a couple of children where it wasn't caught early enough. So it was kind of when they started to crawl and walk. That the parent kind of says they notice. you know they're having a little difficulty they're slow on this they go to their pediatrician pediatrician kind of checks them out and then further from there they do catch it more often in that stage when they're starting to do those tasks that require that leg um and so in this case you know she came in she's a little late in the stage um for her age so she had surgery to put it back in place how old was she two
1: she was two, two. oh she so was
0: young yeah she's young so it um but it's still kind of late for her to you know she wasn't walking she wasn't doing anything that and usually by one you know kids yeah, are walking they're,
1: they're trying at least yes
0: exactly so um she had surgery she came in so our task was starting to get her to walk it seems like it would be so simple but right. for a kid that you know after surgery was in a cast for x amount of Months, and it's hard to weeks. get
1: them to understand because they're only two.
0: Exactly, exactly. So the temper comes in a little bit. But, you know, once we get them to realize they can accomplish anything with walking, then they're unstoppable.
1: And, and it's, it's like the light goes on. <laughs> we are going to take a little break here. And when we come back with Middletown Medical, the doctor's in, we're going to be with Ilya. I'm going to say it wrong again. <laughs> Ilya. Ilya. I'm going to have to write that down. Elias Spolar, who's a physical therapist at Middletown Medical. And we're going to discuss, you know, how you can reach her too for yourself. So we'll be right back.
2: When you're in need of the finest healthcare services in the Hudson Valley, head on over to Middletown Medical in the Chester ShopRite Plaza. Our state-of-the-art Chester Center includes walk-in urgent care, primary and family care physicians, specialty medicine physicians, and Pediatric Express. Open seven days a week and conveniently located, Middletown Medical's Chester Center is your answer to quality health care. For more information, visit MiddletownMedical.com or call 845-469-2692. Hi,
0: this is Sarah O'Connell. And
2: this is Jonah Trebowasser.
0: And we're the hosts of Radio Rotary, heard every Saturday morning
2: at 1130. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. Radio Rotary. Right here on WTBQ, radio worth listening to.
1: WTVQ, and we are back with Middletown Medical, the doctors in, and I'm here today with Aaliyah Spohler, who is a physical therapist with Middletown Medical. Now I know you practiced uh, at uh, Nursing and Rehabilitation Center in Susquehanna, right? It's an inpatient rehab and skilled nursing facility in Johnson City, which is near Binghamton, in case people don't know where that is. And how long were you there?
0: Um, I did uh, my last clinical in school there, and then I continued working there out of it. So I was over there over about a year and a half over there.
1: And you treated in, uh, not only orthopedic, but neurological disorders. Well, we talked about Parkinson, multiple sclerosis, congestive heart failure, which I find interesting. Now, w- how would you treat somebody with congestive heart failure?
0: So with any condition, um, heart conditions or um, pulmonary conditions, a lot of it is more of endurance and strengthening. Oh, sort
1: of like a stress test type thing?
0: Similar to that, yeah, similar to that. You're working more on getting them back to doing the activity level they used to do. Part of it is, you know, strengthening the overall body because after you've been through, you know, a heart attack or heart failure or anything like that, um, a stroke, anything like that, it takes a huge toll on your body. The longer you've been in the hospital, the weaker you get. And so when you kind of go to a skilled nursing or rehab center, the goal is to get your overall strength up. Endurance is a huge part in those. Um, getting them back people think, you know, I can do 10 minutes of an activity, but when you go home, you do a lot longer than 10 minutes of an activity. So, people get a lot more tired, and the key is to get them back to that activity level they were doing before so that they're safe.
1: Yeah, they get tired earlier, too.
0: Yes. And
1: because they don't realize it mentally, you know, like I think I'm 25, but that's <laughs> how so much in the body. And and so, you know, you you mentally want to do th- something cuz even Frank's mother is going to be 95, God bless her. And, uh, you know, she's upset when she can't do something, it frustrates her. And I always say to her, you know, I- I'd like to go dancing all night too, but it ain't going to happen. <laughs> and so, you know, you got to, the hard part is mentally accepting the fact that you can't always do the things you used to do.
0: Exactly. And
1: that's part, I think, of the struggle of physical therapists too. Yeah. Is that they convince the people like, look, you've been through something, you want to get better. You're not going to be what you were 10 years ago.
0: Exactly. And part of it's also teaching them they still can complete these tasks. We don't wanna, you know, necessarily slow you down or stop you from doing the things you were doing before this happened. It's really about teaching you when to take breaks. And as you get stronger and as your endurance increases, take less of breaks, take less length of time of breaks and really get yourself back to the level you were what that was prior, but definitely not 25 years before. <laughs> yeah,
1: that ain't going to happen. But, you know, it's it's interesting that people can, with congestive heart failure, come back to some kind of normalcy and probably can do a lot of things they did, maybe not for the length of time they did it before, or maybe at the exertion they did it before, but they can still do it. It's like, you know, you're going to walk. You may not run you know, 10 miles a day, but maybe can walk two or three miles a day.
0: Yeah, exactly. With any condition, people's first question usually are, what am I going to be able to do after physical therapy? And then the next question is, when am I going to be able to do that? And I always tell patients, every patient's different. Every case is different. Even if you had congestive heart failure and the guy next to you had congestive heart failure, you're going to recover at different rates. You want to put as much as you can into it and you'll recover faster but our object as physical therapists is always to get you to your maximum level and as close as to you were before or a little higher than that is our goal.
1: And they have to keep up. You can't just spend a week or two and do it like at an aggressive pace and then two weeks later you will lay on the couch for the entire night and then get up and think you're going to do that again. It's uh, like anything else, right?
0: It's very, very true. That's one of our biggest um Education points we make is, you know, when people leave us, we say you got to continue doing these. It's kind of a pain to you because you think you can just go back to what you were doing before. But if you don't keep that strengthening and that endurance level up, you're not going to do as much as you did those first two weeks of physical therapy. you got to kind of keep them up to keep yourself strong in order to do those tasks.
1: Well, you talk to any athlete. The reason that they are at the top of their game is because they do it every single day. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, it's like, you know, obviously, if you didn't play the piano before, you're not going to play it now. But I mean, it's the same type of methodology is that if you practice every day, no matter what that is, you're going to get better at it.
0: It's, it's so true. Um, I've had quite a few 90 year old patients Um, in my field that lived alone, were independent, did everything on their own. And when they kind of started explaining their story, they say, I do these exercises every day, or I go to this community center twice a week and I do this exercise program. And what kind of clicks to me is that these people are so functional, even in their 90s, is because they're exercising either at a daily or a weekly basis and it really keeps them active and that's really the benefit
1: yeah if you don't move it you lose it yeah i so actually true. did a number of interviews over there for, for our christmas programming which we do is very special we do what called a hometown christmas people record their favorite christmas memory and at the end they'll say what their favorite christmas song is, and it gets edited into hours and it's just the most wonderful, heartwarming stories. Some of them will make you laugh, some will make you cry. But I went this year with the the blessing of Jonah Mandelbaum, who built the community here for the over fifty-five. Okay. And I interviewed about ninety people. And what was interesting to me was this one ninety-three year old woman who lived in an apartment when you walked in, you walked upstairs and I was like I couldn't even believe it. I mean I took a picture of her because it's astounding, but she moves around all the time. Yep. And mentally, physically, she's also a very happy spirit. You know, you see that all about her and that is part of it, that positive attitude and you know, that old saying about what you put out in the universe is what you get back.
0: It's one hundred percent true yeah. in our mind, you know, the more you put into recovering and physical therapy and just exercise in general the happier you are. And if you're happy going into, you know, your exercise program, you're going to ha- be happy coming out. Um, and as, as research has shown, exercise, you know, increases those endorphins, makes us happier in general. So it definitely adds to it.
1: You know, um, I'm just thinking about as you're talking about it, we're talking about this. Uh, Frank's mother was in a rehab center, mm-hmm. at Elant, and they did exercises with her every day, which she hated, <laughs> by the way. But she uses a walker. And so, you know, my feeling with her, she's not doing anything now, you know, other than she says she makes her bed, but it probably takes her half the day to do it. So we have an aide in there now helping her with everything and she's not happy because she goes, well, that's my exercise. And I said to her, but I think you really should be working with a physical therapist to determine what you should be doing because you're going to be 95 this year yeah. and she has all her faculties yeah which is pretty amazing but she's also very stubborn so you know how do you get somebody that age to understand that if you don't do A specific exercise a specific way, it's not going to help your body. She thinks making her bed is, you know, the total exercise she needs to get for the day.
0: (laughs) So kind of um, we like to have home therapists go in, kind of assess what they can do and what they shouldn't do. Um, But as physical therapists, we're always trying to make exercise functional, um, especially with the elderly population. Um, So making a bed can be an exercise thing, but... It usually generally isn't just the one thing you do that day. So we like to increase to, you know, standing... At your dishes, doing your dishes for a period of time, um, maybe doing kind of laps throughout the house for exercise, but also just putting in daily exercises you do, whether it's kicking your legs out or lifting up your knees. Simple tasks like that in the elderly population goes a long way, and simple things you can do in your house that you don't need to leave for, right. which is really important for that population. Yeah, and
1: I, you know, the other thing I see with her is that she really doesn't you know, get around much because of the walker. And I had to convince her to, to use that about three years ago. Because, you know, I mean, I had to threaten her, I think, at a certain point. <laughs> you know, they have, she's so vain that, you know, the walker was like out of the question. Now she can't walk without it. but. Uh, You know, she's very stubborn about things, and I don't know how. And obviously her son's not going to tell her what to do. Yeah. You know, so it's hard for me to, like, say, listen, you know, my mother, I would say, you know, hey, lady. But, you know, it's his mother, and I have to be very careful how I explain it to her. So I'm thinking maybe a physical therapist coming in who's, you know, objective and not related to her. Yes, you know, would would work for her because she really does. I think her arms, because if she falls down, she's not getting up.
0: Yep. And that's, that's one of our biggest concerns as PT, especially in the elderly population. Um, Falls are very common. And we kind of want to get a person before they've had frequent falls. Um, That's one of our biggest things is we get a lot of patients after a fall, after they break a hip, after they break their wrist, But After you had the first fall or two, you should have saw a physical therapist to increase that strength, work on that balance, so you didn't get to that injury. And that's what we really advocate. I really advocate, you know, as, you know, clinicians, we should be screening for this. If a patient said, I fell the other day, your next question should be, have you had more than one fall in a month? Have you had more than one fall in six months? You know, it's important to ask these questions because you're going to be preventing injury instead of... Recovering and you know from an injury exactly yeah so um but it's common so getting a physical therapist in there kind of assessing her safety assessing how well she's doing and yeah maybe pushing her to her limits so that she can learn that she can do things and she can exercise and it'll keep her a lot healthier for a lot. Yeah, because she's
1: not really a social person, and maybe it's because you know uh, her age or whatever. And the fact that she has a walker, but, uh, you know, she's got a long hallway. So I would think even going out in the hallway with her aide and just walking down the hallway and walking back would be better than just sitting on the couch all day.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Another big thing is um, people sometimes don't want to go out in the community because they have a walker.
1: Yeah. She's Um, not very social anyway. We've, you know, it's funny when she's around people, she'll be social, but trying to get her to people (laughs) is like, that's a big no, no. (laughs) We have to take another little break here, but when we come back, we're going to be talking more about, you know, what kind of physical therapy should be good for you during, you know, certain types of, you know, physical ailments like, You know, we were talking about knee and hip replacement, cerebrovascular accidents, which is interesting to me. I'd like to find about that, and headaches. Now, there's something interesting I never thought of. So when we come back, we'll be talking more with Aaliyah Spoler. Did I get that right?
0: Yep. Oh, my God. All
1: right, I'm getting there. We'll be right back.
2: When you're in need of the finest healthcare services in the Hudson Valley, head on over to Middletown Medical in the Chester ShopRite Plaza. Our state-of-the-art Chester Center includes walk-in urgent care, primary and family care physicians, specialty medicine physicians, and Pediatric Express. Open seven days a week and conveniently located, Middletown Medical's Chester Center is your answer to quality health care. For more information, visit MiddletownMedical.com or call 845-469-2692. This is Wild Baby Love. I'd like you to join me for Gospel Tracks Sunday on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. That's Gospel Tracks every Sunday at 6 a.m. for praise and worship with yours truly, Walt, baby love. WTBQ Weather. Clouds and a couple of flurries or a light snow shower this morning, then partly sunny this afternoon with highs in the low 30s. Tonight, clouding over with a low heading down to 20 and 25. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a high in the lower 40s. Clouding up tomorrow night, there'll be some rain or mixed rain and snow overnight, dropping off to around 32. And on Saturday, rain and snow in the morning, then cloudy in the afternoon. It'll be breezy with a high right around 40. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Tony Salima.
1: WTBQ. Hi, this is Taylor, and I'm back with Aaliyah Spohler, who's a physical therapist with Middletown Medical. Now, before we continue and this, I have a lot of questions. Where exactly are you located? Are you somewhere a couple of days a week and somewhere else a couple of days a week? How does that no, work? No,
0: we're actually located on Town Road, right at the Middletown Medical Physical Therapy Building. Oh. Um, George Givanone used to own it. Um, he's the physical therapist. He's still a physical therapist there. Um, There's a lot of patients out there that have been his patients for a very long time, and they know we're still there. But he's still there. Um, We're there Monday through Friday, open, you know, 8 to 6 some days. What's a
1: phone number that they can reach you at? Uh, Well, you know what? Why don't we have them just go to MiddletownMedical.com. And they can put your name in there, absolutely, and they'll be able to find out information about you and how to reach you and all the other goodies. But I want to, when we were just before we left for the break, we were talking about some of the interesting things you wouldn't think that physical therapy would help. One of them is headaches. So that's interesting. Now, how would you help someone with a who gets either migraines or constant headaches?
0: Um, so, headaches are a very complex thing. And um, first of all, you know, you always want to see a neurologist, um, your primary care physician, kind of get it checked up by them, make sure it's, um, you know, you're cleared for physical therapy, but uh, you know a lot of times um, headaches can stem from the neck, um, so cervical, and that's a big thing. Is that we kind of assess the cervical um, aspect of it, and we see sometimes a lot of your neck tension can lead up to your head headaches, um, especially at the the base of your head and your neck is a very common place um, for increased stress, and sometimes it may not be the cause, but it may be something that intensifies those headaches. Um, Another big thing is your sleeping pattern. A lot of people that have neck pain and headaches sleep on their stomach. It's actually a yeah, really I heard bad that's a position. No, no. Yeah, it is a no-no. What is
1: the best way to sleep at night?
0: Um on your side is the most common and best way to sleep, you know, kind of
1: not on your back, not on your stomach.
0: you're yeah, so it's stomach is one of your worst ones, back is probably your second choice, but on your side is much better does it matter your which side,
1: if you're left, if left-handed or right-handed. No, it doesn't
0: really matter. You okay. kind of want your knees supported, um, whether it's a pillow between your knees or, or a pillow a be- underneath your one. Yep. So it kind of elongates the spine, relieves it. Um, a good position for your overall body. Um, so, but you know, our common question is for someone who has a lot of neck pain or headaches: is how do you sleep? And sometimes the big thing is pillows. Sometimes you can have a pillow that's much too big, and it increases that tension to one side. Or is too flat, and you're kind of sleeping with a kinked neck, and it increases that tension, which adds to a lot more problems in general.
1: Yeah, you hear people say, Oh, I slept wrong last night. That's why my neck hurts.
0: Yeah. yeah how many
1: times have you heard that one, including me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very I have, common. I have uh, feather pillows. So they kind of mold into however they're not heavy, they're not big. They're just, yeah. you know, I find them to be very comfortable. So I don't wake up with a stiff neck, but I do sleep on the side. Yeah. But I remember somebody saying, What about snoring? What is, can anyone do anything about snoring?
0: You know, we don't, in physical therapy, not as much, but a lot of them do say that the height of your pillow and, you know, kind of your positioning with your neck has a lot to do with that. they open um, up the air
1: passage. Yeah,
0: that kind of thing. We don't really dive into that, but I hear that is a common thing with oh, your pillow. Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Very interesting. Now, um, cerebral vascular accidents, what would that be? So
0: CVAs is considered. um, And basically, that's the um, blockage of blood vessels. Um, So that kind of, we go back to physical therapy and the aspect of endurance and strengthening after that. Commonly after someone's had that, they have, you know, know, another word commonly people hear, CVA, is stroke. It's another word for it. So that's what you want to look for. Um, But that's a common thing that people get now and um their big question is, um, if I'm strong enough to walk, I really don't need PT after that. But it's it's not true. Um, you got a lot of stuff to do after that. Strengthening, getting back to that level you were at before is a big thing with that.
1: Now, how far have we come medically with uh, people who had strokes? Because normally when you hear someone's had a stroke, you think, well, that's it for them. Either they're not going to speak right, properly again or they're never going to walk properly again. Uh, have their strides been made with this?
0: Uh, there have been great strides made with that and we've come a long way um first of all with prevention of it um detection early detection of people that are at increased risk for it and then further on um not only how we're treating it in the beginning stages but further on to prevent it is we've come great distances in the last you know 10 20 years and you know i feel like every year or so we make more progress with it it's it's a great thing that Um, In the society right now, our medical fields are just pushing forth to learn more and be better at what we do. Um, So that's a great thing. But yeah, PT wise, we've done a lot of research too on what benefits, you know, how much rehab you need early on. The big thing with stroke is that you want a lot of physical therapy if you can tolerate it in the beginning stages because that's when you're going to make the most gains. Whether it's speech, occupational therapy, or physical therapy, They're all very important in the beginning stages after a stroke.
1: Tell people what occupational therapy means because a lot of people are confused about that. So a
0: lot of people get occupational and physical therapy confused. Right. And a lot of people think occupational therapy is just your arms and physical therapy is just your legs. Um, It's not very true, even though, you know, occupational therapists do a lot with your hands and your arms. Occupational therapy really focuses the word in itself, on your occupation, things you need to be able to do at home, whether that's dressing, bathing, grooming, um, making a meal, prepping a meal, those kind of things are very important. They also work on a lot of fine motor in the hands. If you work with kids as an occupational therapist, you work on, you know, pencil grip and things like that that you know your fine motor you don't think about but they're required for a lot of tasks and people commonly think i just want to walk and they you know are for that physical therapist and that occupational therapist comes in and says i want to help you learn how to get dressed and they're like i don't need that but really it's an important thing in your life so us therapists always advocate for each other because we're all important in some aspect in your life.
1: You know, it's sort of like when people go in for operations and they're in a hospital for more than a few days. All I ever hear anybody say when they come in is all I wanted to do was be able to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. You know, it's really funny, but it's the first thing I ever, I always hear people say whenever they've had to be hospitalized for any more than a few days. It's
0: very very true. And so that
1: comes into physical therapy.
0: It comes into physical therapy and occupational therapy, too. That's why in a lot of settings, like in hospitals or rehabs, we work together as a team to get people back to what they're doing. Um, So physical therapy is that big point of getting to that bathroom. And occupational therapy is what do you do once you get there? Some people take that for granted. They want to get there, and then they're like, wait, I, I can't move this arm as well as I used to. And it's kind of a process of learning. You know, we work together to get them to complete the whole task.
1: Now, if somebody is come to you with a situation and they get to a certain point where you feel they can, you know, they've gotten to the point where they can do certain things at home and they can continue on to, you know, get better at home. Is there should there be a checkup type thing, you know, like uh, six months later or a certain amount of time later, they should come back and just get you to check them because it kind of reminds me of physical of uh, meditation. Uh, When you do transcendental meditation, they check they call check you. And so every six months, you should meet with a meditation teacher to make sure you're meditating properly. And so in a sense, I'm thinking the same thing should be done with physical therapy. Make sure that you're... Because people forget and they take it for granted. And they maybe do something wrong that may not be good for them.
0: Yeah. So as you know, and when you come into physical therapy, you always get that first script from your doctor. And usually right before or as we end physical therapy, they kind of get checked up on their doctor too. So the doctor sees how far they came where they're at what their level is at. we always educate our patient you know if you see a decline if you see something else that's very tricky for you to do um, come back in let us know we'll kind of talk through it and see if you can benefit from continuing physical therapy or starting it back up but usually they have a checkup with their doctor either three months six months depending on their condition down the road and that's when the doctor kind of you know the patient can say, "Hey, I'm having a lot of difficulty again. I think I need physical therapy. I'm not really sure," and that can kind of be addressed. And they'll see how much progress or regression they've done since they last saw them, and kind of give them that script to start again.
1: But don't you also give those kind of pictures of how to do this right with your arm or your yep. leg? Yeah, yeah. And, and people sometimes they get home and they're so used to doing it, they throw the paper out. And so, you know, my feeling is no, just put it in a file somewhere because you never know if you're gonna need it again.
0: It's funny you say that. We had a patient the other day come in, um, they wanted to be seen again. They actually had the paper, the home exercise program, we call it from 20 years ago that George oh had given gosh. them. Yes, he had given them. And she goes, you know what? I never had back problems ever since I had this, did it for quite a few months, and then kind of felt good. She goes, I've never had back problems since, and I really think that exercise program is what got me there. And it's
1: 20 years old.
0: And I kept it just you in case what? I had Back problems again.
1: Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. That's really interesting, yeah, because I know that I have I have a fractured patella. Okay. And it's been injured a few times. It started when I was a teenager and I was playing field hockey and okay, I got yeah. slammed with the field hockey stick which started it and then I was had a little bit of a car accident. And I it is my weak point, but I refuse to have knee replacement. So I've learned how to strengthen the muscles around the patella and I take this supplement called MSM. Okay. It's a, a pure form of this long word and it's a natural anti-inflammatory and it really does work. Yeah. I have to but you ha- it's not like keep telling people when I recommend it to them. It's not medicine. Yes. It takes a few months to get in your yeah, system. It probably and I give so. them a regimen, but if I stop taking it for a couple of days, I feel the difference. It's yeah. pretty it's amazing. So there is stuff on the market you can get supplements that work for some people. Yeah, you got to give it a shot. People. We're going to take a, our last break here. Uh, it's very interesting, very informative with uh, the physical therapist from Middletown Medical and the show is the Doctors In. It's Elias Spoller right correct all right i'm getting there and we'll be right back and you can also remember just a quick reminder if you have any questions and you didn't you're driving and you can't write down middletownmedical.com to look it up give me a call here at the station or email me and i'll be happy to give you the information we'll be right back
2: Finest healthcare services in the Hudson Valley, head on over to Middletown Medical in the Chester Shoprite Plaza. Our state of the art Chester Center includes walk in urgent care, primary and family care physicians, specialty medicine physicians, and pediatric express. Open seven days a week and conveniently located, Middletown Medical's Chester Center is your answer to quality healthcare. For more information, visit MiddletownMedical.com or call 845-469-2692. I'm your vehicle, baby. Ron and Ronanini and the Car Doctor right here on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. Sunday mornings, 8 a.m., 855-560-9900. Is the Car Doctor Hotline. Give me a call. Let's solve that problem together. WTBQ.
1: Okay, we are back with Middletown Medical and the doctors in. And today it's a physical therapist, Leah Spohler. And it's been super interesting and very informative, and a lot of things that we're learning today. And if you want more information, you can go to middletownmedical.com or the, what's the phone number for, uh, for your office? It's
0: 845 344 1899.
1: Okay, you hear that? 1899, don't forget it. Uh, if not, go to MiddletownMedical.com. Or give me a call or send me an email. I'll be happy uh, to pass on the info. Or if you have questions, we'll be happy to have uh, Aliyah answer them. So the the interesting thing is the other thing about pediatrics and ankle and foot uh, ortho, how do you say it, ortho something? Ortho... Orthonics. Orthonics, or, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a weird word to say. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I know when my son was, I guess about a year old, his feet started to turn in yeah. and they put something on his legs to kind of keep orthotics, his, yeah. is that orthotics? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it didn't stay on long and he's fine now. He's a little tiny bit pigeon toe, but not terrible. Uh, yeah. but th- it did correct it. So does that happen a lot with the young children or do adults have that too?
0: Yeah. So orthotics can be used for, um, pediatrics to elderly. Um, whether you are exactly right, it's a kid that kind of has a deformation when they're walking and you put orthotics on it and it can correct it. Sometimes it's a strength thing and you gotta work on that too. It's a mixture of things, Um, but commonly you do get patients like that and you kinda have to work with them. Um, And other terms, you can have orthotics um, as, for an example, an AFO, someone after a stroke, left-sided weakness.
1: What does AFO stand for?
0: Um, Ankle foot orthoses. So basically locking out the ankle, the foot, um, so there's common terms like that, but, um, someone after a stroke may not be able to pick up their foot, their toes specifically. So when they walk, you come and hear this slapping thing because they really can't pick up that foot.
1: Oh, right. Sometimes but you like you'll, a shuffle.
0: yeah. So you'll, um, put that AFO on if they really don't have the strength there or in the beginning, they don't have the strength and you're working on the strength to increase the safety of their walk. It kind of blocks it out or there's. You know, all different kinds of AFOs. Sometimes they're assisted ones where it kind of helps lift up that foot. But really the idea is to help in that walking process. Most orthotics, that's that's the overall
1: purpose yeah, of them. that's interesting to do. Yeah, and then do you work with the uh, people, elderly people who have walkers to help them to walk better with the walker? Have you done any rehab on that?
0: Absolutely, absolutely, especially in um, my last position at a nursing and rehab. But I even do that now with a lot of patients, walkers, canes, crutches we kind of do it all and a big part of our job is teaching someone you know after an incident where they're using a walker but they weren't using one before is getting them from that walker to that cane to walking without anything and that's a really important i really am an advocate of that because they weren't walking with a walker before and it doesn't necessarily mean they need to be walking with now and a lot of people that keeps them from going out and doing their daily things that they really enjoy because that walker kind of They feel shameful with it. I know. So my goal is to get them back to where they were and, you know, make them work. And if they're safe, then that's awesome. And they really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, safety is number one. And look, even people with injuries, not so much the elderly who have to walk with crutches or a cane, it's really uncomfortable. I know I had to do it for a little while. And I don't care how good you make those crutches, they kill you. Yes. Under your arms, your elbows, everything hurts. Yeah,
0: it's common that uh, a lot of people just get crutches, and no one ever really teaches them or positions Nobody them taught me, exactly. I, I've seen a couple in the community, actually, and they were so bad that I had to stop the person and say, have you ever been sized for these? Do you, can I adjust these for you and kind of see the, it's just personally, if it's bothering you, I'd like to help you out because it really doesn't look good. <laughs> and they laugh at me and they're like, actually, it really does hurt. And so, yeah, it's, it's a common thing that they're just missized and they're kind of loose. They don't ever learn the idea of crutches and how you're supposed to use them.
1: So I know, they give you crutches like you should know this. Okay, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know what a crutch is. I yeah. just don't know how to walk with one. <laughs> and it's right, it should be adjusted to your height properly. Yes. And a lot of times when you are first using them, you go, oh yeah, it's fine. And then about a couple of days later when you're using them, you go, wait, this is not fine. No. And you need to go back and get it readjusted, right? Yes,
0: it's very common. Um, a lot of times either they're too short and you're really leaning into them, exactly. the idea is not like like to to fall forward yeah or they're really high and they're really in your armpit and it causes oh, a hurts. lot of pain yeah and the other big thing is stairs you know
1: oh lot, yeah Didn't some people can
0: walk with crutches but they can't go upstairs with crutches and a lot of people have stairs in their house
1: sure but so, do they end up sleeping downstairs <laughs>
0: yes yes so that's another big thing about pt is teaching you how to do all those terrains going up a curb things like that that most people just think are easy, that you're Yeah, you learn. take for granted. Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
1: Or also, the other thing is you forget sometimes that you're on crutches or you're using a cane or a walker, and you think you're going to walk like you normally do, and that's when accidents can happen too.
0: Exactly, very common. Very yeah. common that injuries happen that way, is we're kind of misusing. A lot of people, if they have specifically with a cane, if you have your injury on your right side, you use the cane on your left, and people will commonly put that cane on their right side and use it – you know, oh, improperly. That's yeah. Yeah. So we always kind of—that's a big teaching process, actually, because canes are commonly misused.
1: Now, do you—if um, somebody sustains, um, you know, let's just say they sustain a knee injury, uh, but nothing was replaced. Now, the knee is for me, you know, I, I, it's my bone of contention. It's my weak spot. But I, as I said, I try to strengthen the muscle around the knee. Mm-hmm. So I can't do exercises like regular people. Like I want to work out but I haven't been able to do certain things I used to do. One thing I do find I can do is Zumba, believe it or not, Yeah. because you're not really bouncing on the floor. You're moving side to side most of the time. Or I have a little like 36 inch diameter trampoline in the house um, that, you know, I don't have to bounce heavy on, but that doesn't put strain on my knee. Yeah. So, you know, for people who have knee injuries, you know, what other things can you do? Because I can't do running. There's no way. I can't Hmm. go on the treadmill, actually, because it creates back problems for me. And it's very hard on my knee, too. So there's only certain things I can do. Is swimming a good exercise?
0: Speaking of swimming, I commonly... Advocate for that because one you're not putting a lot of pressure on the joints But you can get a very intense workout with swimming and you're moving all your joints You're moving all your muscles you're making them work And if you have good either instructors in a pool or a class or a teacher that can kind of teach you some things to do um, There's also aquatic physical therapies out there um, They're excellent source of exercise and you're really not putting strain on the body And I highly recommend it to a lot of my patients to try Because it really does make that difference Another common things I tell with knee injury, you know, instead of that treadmill, try an elliptical.
1: Oh, that's a good you're idea. You're not
0: having that downward pressure, you know, of, of a running it's or walking. It's sort of like an oval Your motion. Your feet are already in place, but you're already doing the same motion as running um, or walking high intensity. So you can commonly find exercises that kind of help you, and you kind of have to learn which ones those are and which ones they are. And every person's different, different. and that's the big key.
1: Yeah, we have, uh, wonderfully, we have the YMCA Uh, in our area. One in Middletown, one in Monroe, and they're thinking of other places. And Ira Bozdensky, who's the CEO, just an incredible guy who has created this environment that is amazing for both adults and children. They have to have school programs and there's every kind of thing you could want to do there. Mm-hmm. You know, from social to physical to swimming, you know, there's everything. Yeah. And I highly recommend it cuz you can take your kids there and they could be in a program and then you can be in your own program. Yeah. And it's just wonderful. It's a great way for families to connect even though they may not be in the same room.
0: I'm I always really enjoy exercise classes. One cuz as a physical therapist, I'm always telling people how to exercise. When I go to exercise, I don't generally want to think about what I have to do. Actually. Yeah, like so nobody So in does. classes, um, it really, I really enjoy it. A lot of people also really enjoy it because it's more social. It
1: is more social. You're not sitting in front of the TV watching a CD.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, But the object is to kind of find that class that fits you, right. that gets you moving, but doesn't limit you or increase pain or increase dis- discomfort or cause injury. And,
1: and they have many levels of classes from yeah. spinning, which I could never do. <laughs> a friend of mine's wife does and she loves it. And then they have the Monroe facility where Ross Masselli is in and they're just loaded with every kind of program you could think of in classes that, and I'm yeah. sure they have Zumba there too. And it is, I mean I have a, a Zumba CD and I yeah. was doing it for a while and then you're right. If, you're, if there's not somebody standing next to you doing the same thing to get you moving, you stop sooner <laughs> Or like oh the phone rang you know yeah. all that stuff so you really should be in a class we have about a minute left so i wanted to kind of leave that minute for you to kind of let the audience uh, reiterate some maybe some of the stuff we spoke about and tell them again you know how they can reach you
0: Okay, so um, basically our biggest thing is that, you know, we want people to get up and moving. And if you have a difficulty, mention it to your doctor. If you're thinking about physical therapy, let them know, hey, I'm thinking about physical therapy, whether I'm having falls, I'm having dizziness, I'm having a lot of pain in my shoulder. Tell them, would physical therapy help? And, you know, a lot of times they'll give you a script for it come in. We're going to tell you if we think you're a patient for physical therapy or you're not. And that's kind of the important part is assessing you for what you can and cannot do. So That
1: assessment is super important, folks.
0: Super important. And that's what's kind of um, the key aspect is we assess the importance of it, what we think you should be doing and what we think you shouldn't be doing and kind of work from there, assess your problems or impairments, as we like to call them, and work from there on getting you back to what you were doing or what you want to accomplish. Um, That's our overall goal as physical therapists in general.
1: Well, thank you so much. This has been super informative. Love having you here. You're going to have to come back again. <laughs> thank and, you. And uh, you can reach uh, Aaliyah Spoler, physical therapist at the Middletown office at middletownmedical.com. Or give us a call or email us here and we'll give you the information, any questions you may have. And that phone number again that they can reach you at?
0: Is 845-344-1899.
1: Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate your time well, here. Thank
0: you for having me.
1: All right, everyone, we will see you next week on The Doctor's Inn with Middletown Medical.